Hi, Rebels. This Financial Literacy Month, Rebel Girls teamed up with Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families, to bring you everything you need to be smart with your money and to build healthy habits that last a lifetime. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to make smart choices with every penny, whether you're saving for something special or learning to invest. Greenlight gives kids the power to be independent and grown-ups can trust that their kids have money wherever they are. Sign up at greenlight.com slash rebelgirls to get your first month at no cost and start building money confidence for life. Once upon a time, there was a girl who'd spend her life traveling the world in the service of other women. Her name is Gloria. Gloria grew up on the road. Every year, as the air grew chill and the trees dropped their leaves, Gloria's father would pack up an airstream, a type of house trailer, with a few pots and pans, and the family's most important belongings, and they'd wave goodbye to their little white stucco house. With her big sister sitting next to her in the back seat, Gloria would lean her head against the window, reading a Wonder Woman comic as they crisscrossed the United States. Gloria's father was a salesman who believed that traveling was the best education. So until she was 10, America's small towns and its big, bright cities served as Gloria's classroom. Back then, in the back of her family's car, she could not have known that she would one day think of herself as the wandering organizer. I'm Ani DeFranco, and this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, a fairy tale podcast about the rebel women who inspire us. On this episode, Gloria Steinem, a warrior for women's liberation and equality. When Gloria was 10 years old, her parents separated. Or you could say the family separated. Gloria's sister went off to college while her father continued to travel across the country working as a salesman. Gloria and her mother, Ruth, first moved to be near her sister in Massachusetts, who was attending Smith College, and then settled into a rundown farmhouse in Toledo, Ohio. In Toledo, Gloria was able to attend a traditional school, but that was one of the only normal things about her home life. Gloria's mother struggled with her mental health, If she didn't take special medicine, she could spend days without sleeping and would hallucinate, meaning she'd see things that weren't actually there. Other times, she'd forget things and become anxious. There were times when Ruth wouldn't know where Gloria was and, in a panic, called the police, only to discover that her daughter was at school. Taking care of her mother was stressful, but when her mother was well, she'd share details about her past, details that would inspire Gloria's future. 
You see, before Gloria's mother became a mother, she was a writer, a journalist, in fact. She worked as a reporter for a major newspaper in Toledo and was so skilled as a writer that she was promoted to editor. It was rare for women to work in those days, so rare that Gloria's mother had to publish her work under a man's name. Back then, people believed a woman's role was tending to children and supporting their husbands. Her mother kept her job for several years after having Gloria's older sister, but eventually, all that pressure combined with her mental health struggles meant Ruth had to leave a job she loved. But Gloria would never forget the stories of her mother's past, the stories of who she was before she became her mother, before she became her father's wife, of who she was when she dreamed about having choices. As Gloria spent her teenage years caring for her mother, she'd always wonder, what is the life my mother could have had if she were given more choices? Gloria needed more choices, too. It was hard taking care of her mother, and after a while, she made the difficult decision to move in with her sister in Washington, D.C., to finish high school. Eventually, her mother moved into a facility where she could get the help she needed. After graduating from Smith College in Massachusetts, just like her older sister, Gloria broke off a marriage engagement to do what she was born to do. Travel. She'd received a two-year fellowship to India to work and study, and after a few months, she decided to travel alone from Calcutta to Kerala. Instead of going by car, like most foreigners, she decided to travel in a women-only railway car. On the train, she was surrounded by women of all ages. They were chatting and laughing and sharing sweets and teas. As the only white woman on the train, Gloria stood out. Soon, however, she found herself also drinking tea with the travelers, exchanging stories in a combination of broken Hindi, English, and hand gestures. The women offered their packed lunches of delicious curries and homemade breads, and they bought kulfi, a traditional Indian ice cream that Gloria loved from the peddlers at the train stops. The women on the train taught Gloria multiple ways to tie her sari, a beautiful fabric wrap or dress worn by women in India. They asked her to sing traditional American songs until they quickly realized she wasn't much of a singer. The journey was a joy, but the destination didn't work out like she planned. When Gloria arrived in Kerala, it turned out that the ashram, a place for spiritual practices, where she'd arranged to stay, 
had been evacuated. A riot had broken out in a nearby town, and no one was allowed in. People in the villages were frightened and stayed in their homes. Men from the ashram were going from village to village, letting people know they were not completely abandoned, that the people of the ashram were here and would be holding meetings to organize against the riots. These men from the ashram asked Gloria if she'd join them. They needed at least one woman for each team because men were not allowed to go into certain areas that were only for women. Gloria agreed and met with the women of the villages as they gathered in circles to tell their stories. She didn't always understand what they were saying, but she could hear the struggle in their voices. Traveling around, listening and learning, Gloria picked up lessons on organizing people that she would use for the rest of her life. She learned the power of sitting in a circle so everyone could see each other as they spoke. She learned the power of listening and the power of connecting. I have to tell you about my friend Penelope. She is hilarious. She only eats cheese doodles and canned beans, and she loves to sing and fly through walls. Wait, did I tell you that Penelope is my imaginary friend? Well, she is, but she's totally real to me. Anywho, Penelope and I are very excited because there's a new movie coming out on May 17 all about imaginary friends. It's called IF, which stands for Imaginary Friends. Pretty cool, am I right? IF is so much fun, with lovable fuzzy giants and bright new galaxies. It stars Kaylee Fleming as B, a girl who discovers that she can see everyone else's ifs. Meanwhile, Cal, played by Ryan Reynolds, can also see ifs. Together, they team up and go on a magical adventure to reconnect forgotten ifs with their kids. IF is from the brilliant mind of writer-director John Krasinski. It also stars John Krasinski, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Maya Rudolph, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt, Aquafina, and Steve Carell, just to name a few. It celebrates the incredible power of curiosity and creativity, and it's definitely a laugh-out-loud adventure for the whole family. IF comes out in theaters starting May 17th and is guaranteed to knock your socks off. What? Oh, Penelope says she wears two pairs of socks at all times. Also, that imaginary friends get limitless refills on popcorn. So join us in the theater on May 17th. Bring your imaginary friends too! Gloria returned to America and decided she would follow in her mother's footsteps. She would become a journalist. In the United States at that time, people were fighting hard for equality. 
It was called the Civil Rights Movement. Gloria wanted to write about what was happening, but her bosses had other ideas. They wanted her to write about fashion, cooking, and dating. There's nothing wrong with these things. They just weren't what interested Gloria. She had to fight hard to write about the things that mattered to her. But Gloria didn't give up, and she eventually was given a column in a big magazine. Then, after writing an essay called After Black Power, Women's Liberation, Gloria was asked to give public speeches about this new thing, women's liberation. What was it? How did it work? People wanted to know. Here's the thing. Even though it was just over 50 years ago, women in America did not have some of the opportunities they have now. You may not believe this, but women at this time couldn't get a credit card or buy a house without their husband's signature. It was perfectly legal for companies to say they would only hire men or for landlords to only rent to men. And a lot of women were not cool with it. Women of all races from all across the country were standing up and demanding equal pay and fair treatment, more career opportunities, and reproductive rights. Gloria had seen firsthand what happened when women had limited opportunities, and she wanted to stand up, too. She was intrigued to be asked to talk in public about this movement. But there was one problem. Gloria was terrified of public speaking. So she asked a friend for help. Dorothy Pittman Hughes is a Black activist from Georgia who helped Gloria become a stronger speaker. They became good friends and supporters of one another. Gloria and Dorothy would work together in the fight for equality for decades. Together, the two traveled the country, speaking to women about their rights. With Gloria being white and Dorothy being black, they attracted diverse crowds during a time when many people still lived segregated lives. And together, in 1971, they created an organization called the Women's Action Alliance. Gloria and Dorothy were a powerful duo who, with a collection of other women, banded together to speak and listen and fight. And they would create a new platform to do it. A magazine. In early 1971, Gloria invited all her friends over to her house. Her living room was packed. Women sat on the sofa, on chairs, on the floor. They sipped drinks, chatted. They were there to start something. Many of them were writers who just couldn't get magazines and newspapers to publish articles 
about the real issues that girls and women dealt with. So they were going to build it themselves. And they did. But it took some work. By August 1971, the team was still struggling to get the magazine off the ground. Then, an editor at a big publication called New York Magazine, which Gloria had written for in the past, said he'd put the first 40 pages of their magazine in his magazine to see if it would sell. And it did. The first cover showed a blue woman with lots of arms, inspired by the Hindu goddess Kali, juggling all the things that women had to deal with. Critics said that it would never last. But the first issue sold out in days. And the magazine continues today. Even though Gloria was running a magazine, she still thought of herself as the wandering organizer. Someone who travels and listens and works with activists of all backgrounds to make change in the world. Now, though, instead of being in the back of her father's car with a comic book, she was on a plane with her own magazine. So she did what she does. She traveled the country, listening to the stories of women, and she wrote them down. One of the most important events that Gloria helped organize was the 1977 National Women's Conference in Houston. Some people were mad about it, but it was a magical event. 20,000 women from all over the world gathered to discuss women's issues. Maya Angelou read a poem. Even troops from Girl Scouts were there. So many women showed up. There wasn't even enough space for people to sit. It was stressful, but exhilarating. At the event, Gloria was asked to take notes for the Women of Color caucuses. She once again learned the power of listening. Indigenous, Black, Asian, and Latinx women met to address issues concerning their communities. As Black women discussed racism and poverty, Indigenous women discussed tribal sovereignty Gloria rushed to write down everything they were saying, and she realized there was a lot she still needed to learn about the women in her own country. There was still a lot we could all learn just by listening to each other. Gloria never stopped fighting, organizing, and listening. After the 2016 presidential election, she joined over 500,000 people marching in Washington, D.C. for racial justice, gender equality, reproductive rights, and immigrant rights. During the march, she said, The 
that sometimes we must put our bodies where our beliefs are. And that is what Gloria Steinem has always done. She has not observed from afar. She has not written without listening. She has gone to the places and worked with the people to build women up, to listen to their stories, to provide safe spaces, to make the world better than it was when she saw it, town by town, diner by diner, as she crisscrossed the country in the back of her father's car. Ever the wandering organizer. This podcast is a production of Rebel Girls. It's based on the book series Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Executive producer is Katie Springer. This episode was produced by Camille Stennis with production assistance from Isaac Kaplan-Wilner. This episode was written by Kirsty Jewell, proofread by Ariana Rosas. It was narrated by Ani DeFranco, who we will get to know better on Thursday's episode. Sound design and original theme music was composed and performed by Electra Barjaki. Final mix by Mattia Marcelli. Special thanks to the whole Rebel Girls team who make this podcast possible. For more, visit rebelgirls.com. Until next time, stay rebel! Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right. You can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening.